This sermon audio is presented to you by Pastor Tommy Brandon and Calvary Church of Fort Worth. For more information, visit our website at calvaryftw.com. All right, church, come on, somebody make some noise. I'm so excited to be here today, and uh, I just want to say thank you to Calvary Church. You guys are incredible. How many of you guys know you have some incredible pastors here? Can we, can we show them some love? Put your hands together. Man, Pastor Tommy, his amazing wife, and uh, got to meet some of his kids. It's just such an honor to be here today. Uh, I hope today will be an encouragement to you that God is on the move, that he's not done moving in this nation. He's not done moving in the earth right now, like I, I think this is the best time ever to be alive. Turn to your neighbor and say, there's never been a better time to be alive than today. Man, I'm telling you, I think the disciples are up in heaven today, like looking over saying, man, we wish we could have been there now to see the fulfillment of all those promises of God, to see the great commission completed. You know, I was in a meeting a couple weeks ago, and I was with a bunch of people who are translating the Bible. And uh, if you would have asked these leaders, some of the biggest Bible agencies in the world, if you would have asked them 20 years ago how long it will take them to, to get the Bible into every language on earth, they would have said, man, maybe 100 years, maybe 150 years, which is crazy when you think about it. Like, there's over 2,000 languages But now if you ask them, they're saying they think that maybe within the next 20 years, they will have God's word translated into every tongue on earth. And so you just think of this, like the gospel is going forth. There's not a people group or a place that doesn't have access to the word of God. There is such an acceleration of the movement of God in our day. More prayer is happening. More people coming to Jesus. And I don't know about you, but I want to be a part of it. Like, if God is moving, I want to be there, and today I want to tell you that God is in the moving business, and if God's in the moving business, that means that you and I need to be ready to move. Say move. Move. And so I want to encourage you today. Now, there's some awesome stuff going on. You saw in the video uh, some images, some pictures. Uh, I was preaching in a stadium. You guys see that stadium at the end? There was a huge crowd. Uh, We were in U.S. Bank Stadium. That's where the Super Bowl was. Now, Super Bowl was there last February. In May, uh, uh, we had this event. We packed it up, 50,000 young people in Minneapolis, St. Paul, 750 churches rallying together. We saw 10,000 young people respond to the gospel. Come on. Isn't that incredible? Now, that same venue, you're going to see it if you're into basketball. The Final Four is going to be there next weekend. So when you see it, you see that big crowd, think, man, that's nothing for God. God can do even bigger things. And last fall, we gathered at Texas Motor Speedway. Was anybody there at Together 2018? Did anybody go? Anybody there? Come on. I know this church was rallying with us. We had thousands of young people. I want you to hear this because we started out at the beginning of last year, 2018 in January, and we had a national campaign. I want you to see some of these numbers. We rallied all over the country, pushing to the speedway. We had almost half a million people hear the gospel through this campaign. At the Speedway itself, there was nearly 100,000 people there. But over this campaign, we saw over 100,000 young people respond to the gospel that last year alone. Isn't that awesome? Man, sometimes it's like I think we can get this feeling like God's moving everywhere else. But I want you to know he's moving here. 
And today we're talking about winning a generation. Anybody want to be a part of winning a generation? Yes, sir. I was uh, with a 16-year-old at a pastor's event a couple weeks ago, and she stood up in front and said, our generation will be won by something. We will be won by those who want us the most. She said, does the church want us? And man, I think every pastor is like, man, do we want them? Like, are we willing to do what it takes? I want to encourage you in the back. I got a book called Reset. It's the story of how we started a bunch of students praying and how we've seen like just God moving. And it's a story that will encourage you about the next generation. It'll encourage you in your faith about a second chance that God offers. I want you to bow your heads. Let's pray together as we get into the word of God. Lord, we love you. And we pray that you would meet with us today as you already have. Encourage us to be your hands and feet, that we would be a part of your work in this day, in this hour, Jesus, that when you come back, and we know you're coming soon, that we wouldn't be found sitting on a lazy boy recliner, that we wouldn't be found wasting our lives, but Lord, that we would be doing things that glorify you and honor you, and Lord, that we would know that you are at work in and through us. In Jesus' name we pray, and all God's people said... Open up your Bibles with me, Matthew chapter 21, 22, Matthew 22, I had mine on the wrong page, Matthew 22, man, I love the Bible, and I'm going to be honest, I've spent a lot of my Christian life having access to the Bible and not reading it enough, and not getting into it enough, it's so easy to know about it, it's so easy to be around it, but man, sometimes, let's be honest, it's hard to read the Bible, anybody? Like, it can be hard. I mean, I know at church we're supposed to say it's easy, but it can be hard to get in the Word. And yet I've found that the more time I spend with this book open, the more my life is changed. The more my life is changing. The more joy I have, the more hope I have, the more perspective I have. I'll tell people, man, show me a person with a broken down Bible. I'll show you someone that does not have a broken down life. But so many believers will say, man, God never speaks to me. I never hear God's voice. I say, you want to hear God's voice? Open up your Bible and read out loud. God speaks every day if we're willing to listen. In fact, we're working on a campaign right now that we could possibly see 2020 declared as a year of the Bible, that we could see more people getting back to the Bible in one year than has ever happened in American history. Because I don't know about you, but I'm sick and tired of losing a generation. I think it's about time we win a generation. Yes, sir. Is anybody with me today? Come on. Yes, sir. Now, I, I, listen, I had two services to warm up for this service. So... I need you guys to be with me here. Are you ready? Yes, sir. So Matthew 22, Jesus comes, and it says in Matthew 22:34, 34, it says, hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees got together. Now, how many of you guys hate it when people kind of coming against you, people judging you, people thinking less of you, people hating on you, people being mean, people being negative? Anybody got any negative people in their life? Anybody got any haters in your life? Anybody got any sinners in your life? Well, listen, sometimes, like, it doesn't remove the sting, but it helps you to keep it in perspective. You know what sinners are going to do? They're going to sin. Sinners sin. Like, don't be surprised by it. That's their job description. Haters, you know what they're going to do? They're going to hate. This haters going to hate. Like, this is what they do. 
Like, I tell my team, like, our calling as a ministry is to be a bridge. Like, we're called to be a bridge from the church to the lost. We're called to get believers, come on, let's go get them, let's go get them. And to the lost, be like, come on, they're not as weird as you think they are. They are weird, but come on, it's going to be okay. And we're called to be a bridge. We say, man, if we're called to be a bridge, then we shouldn't be surprised when people walk on us. Because that's what a bridge is made for. It doesn't make it not hurt, but it makes it hurt a little less when you know you're called to it. I'll tell you, I'll be real. The hardest thing, though, is all the believers that walk on you. Like, man, there's a lot of friendly fire. There's a lot of, you know, angry believers that are, like, judgmental. And, you know, my mom's always like, oh, the media is so mean to Christians. You know, they're so whatever. I'm like, mom, like, I think a lot of Christians are just like how they're saying we are. Like, there's a lot of judgmental, negative Christians. There's a lot of reason that people are walking away, and it's not because we've been winning the, the nice contest, you know? It's like, if we're not known for being loving or welcoming, then why would people want to be a part of it? There was a poll done of millennials, and they asked, what are the top you know, five things you think of when you think of a Christian? And the top three were like hypocritical, judgmental, and political. I'm like, man, who wants to join that group? Hey, do you want to join my hypocritical, judgmental, political group? Like, there's not exactly standing room only lines for that, you know? And yet Jesus, when he comes in Matthew 22, as we're thinking about winning a generation, he comes, and the expert of the law, 35, says, teacher, what is the greatest commandment in the law? Now, this is kind of one of these passages that you should, like, lean into, it's like any time it's like, man, this is the greatest. This is the most important. This is really a big deal. It's kind of like, man, okay, what is it? Like, I don't know what you would say. Like some preacher comes up to you at work like, hey, what's the greatest commandment? You'd be like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> Let's go back to the Sunday school answers. But Jesus, verse 37, says love. Oh, say love. love. Anybody need some more love? All the single people said, amen. <laughs> Come on, Lord, give me that honey. I just had that, that honey. Woo! Glory. We all need more love. I mean, can you imagine if the church was known for love? I mean, the church should be the most welcoming place on earth. You know, the church, I mean, we are the only one that should welcome everyone. We're the only one. Everybody else says, change this, change that, don't believe this, don't believe that, do this, do that. But we're here saying, man, Jesus welcomes everyone. Jesus welcomes everyone. He calls you. He loves you as you are. You don't got to, you know, Minnesota, we kind of like to say, man, you can't clean the fish before you get it in the boat. But how many know as churches, sometimes we like to try to clean the fish before we get it in the boat? You say, you want to come to Jesus, you got to do this, do that, vote this way, think this way, love this way, act this way. Like we put the law before the grace. 
When people need to know that they're loved. And Jesus, when he says the greatest command is to love. And he says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. Another gospel even adds strength. Jesus is like, you know what I want from you more than anything is, is if you would think about this. And I just want you to grab onto this. What God asks of you, what his call for your life is, what his desire for you is. Some of you, you've been struggling with identity, with insecurity. Some of you have been struggling with purpose. Some of you are struggling with what about this, what about that. You get confused sometimes when you think about God or you think about church. I'm just going to boil it down. There is one thing that God desires for you and from you for your life and it is this that you would fall in love with him Amen. just man just be with me just love me whatever you got to do to fall in love whatever you got to do to stay in love whatever you got to do to be in love whatever stirs up your affection your emotion man last year i kind of came on this place and i was like man i run so hard doing things for god that it's sometimes it's like i do all this stuff for god but i'm never like with god I just, I keep trying to do it and earn it and preach it and go. And I got to the end of last year and I'm like, man, I'm weary. Like I am tired and my soul needs to be filled. And I'm like, man, I just need to like go somewhere. And so I was like, man, I need to be somewhere where I can like worship and like just remember who God is. And so literally I took my frequent flyer miles and I went to the Grand Canyon And I went and I stood on the edge of the Grand Canyon just because I was like, I want to feel small and I want to know how awesome God is. And I just stood at the edge of the Grand Canyon and I just cried. I'm just like, God, I just, you are so awesome. You are so beautiful. And you know what, in that moment, it's like I could just feel God's pleasure as I enjoyed him. And I was thinking about this, like, when it comes to my kids, I got two kids. I got a six-year-old little boy, Truett, three-year-old little girl, Ruby. And I was thinking about this, you know what I want more than anything for my kids? I just want them to be with me. Like, you talk to any good parent, their greatest delight is when their kids are with them. It's like, I just love it when they laugh. I just love it when they play with each other. I just love it when I see them doing things that I know they were made to do. Like, yes, I love it when they do their chores. Yes, I love it when they don't pull each other's hair. Yes, I love it. But listen, that is secondary to the fact that I just love them. Any parent with me? So why is it that we, we can't understand that that's God's heart for us? Like God looks at you and he's not like, you need to try harder. You need to do better. You need to read your Bibles more. No, God's like, man, I just love you, and I wish you would know how much I love you, and I want you to know that you're my son, that you're my daughter, and man, I'm pleased with you. You could do nothing to get me to love you more than I do right now. You see, as a church, we don't gather as perfect people. We gather as imperfect people looking to the perfect one. We gather as broken people coming to the one who can put the pieces back together. Jesus says, the greatest command is that you love me. Now, i got three simple points today, and first one is this. Move closer in prayer. Write that down if you're taking notes. Say, move closer. closer. Say, move closer. closer. Say, "Move move closer in prayer. You see, prayer is such 
a weapon, such an invitation, such a powerful tool. You know, I just think like prayer is so, in in Matthew 6, Jesus said it like this. He told his disciples, he said, when you pray, 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 when you pray. There was no if you pray, if you pray, if you pray. Now, 2 Chronicles 7.14 says, if my people will pray, then I will hear and I will heal their land. But now Jesus with his disciples says, if you want to follow me, I need you to get with me. I need you to talk to me. I need you to be where I am. So when you pray, go into your room Close the door, pray to your father who sees what is done in secret, and your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. He says, I want to be with you. And so I want to ask you, like, do you have a secret life with God? I'm not talking about your upfront, showy Christianity, praise God, amen, hallelujah. How are you? I'm good, I'm good, praise God, praise God. I'm good, I'm good, praise God, I'm God. You know, I've always like, sometimes even in worship, it's like we judge each other by like the posture of their worship. It's like the really good Christians are like, you know, it's like the facial stretch has to do with holiness. It's like that kind of, it just looks so weird, but it's like somehow that's, and I'm not trying to joke about it because I do know it's like sometimes you're like, God, I want you. But I'm just saying like, you know what God wants more than the outside is what's on the inside. Like. He wants you. He wants me. Like, that's his desire, desire that we would be with him. And, and it's like this, it's a little bit like this ladder. It's kind of like faith is, it's a step. It's a journey. How many of you guys know you're not where you need to be? Yes, How many of you guys know God has more for you? Right. Yes, sir. God's calling for you is to move closer. Like, take the next step. Some of you maybe don't know Jesus. His call for you is to take the next step. Some of you know Jesus. His call is for you to take the next step. I tell you what his call is not. It's not stay where you are. Some of you guys have been stuck, like you're living in the same spot. You've been there. You came to Christ 30 years ago, and you have not grown. Like God wants you. He wants more for you, and it's, but it begins, and you know, on a ladder, how many of you guys have ever, you, you guys know what this is? You guys ever seen one of these? This is a very highly technical thing called a ladder. I love ladders. I, I think it's because I'm short. But it's interesting, you know, when you... Use a ladder, you got to put your trust in the ladder. Like, it's an all in experience. And it's kind of like faith. Like, you can't move closer to Jesus and try to be like one in and one out. You know, it's like you got to get in on it. You got to be like, okay, God, I'm going to trust you. Too many people do this. They're like, you know, Sunday, Friday. No, I'm just. I mean, this is like a no judgment zone. Like, I'm not here to tell you, like, you're bad because you did whatever. Listen, I'm telling you, like, you're not defined by your mistakes. I don't know what you did last night, but there's grace. But all I know is that God wants more for you. But too many believers, they begin this journey, and they're like, God, I'm going to follow you. And then they're like, oh, just all in for Jesus. Just really going for it. And, And man, if you came home today and your neighbor was like out in the front like doing this, I mean, come on, you'd be like, honey, it's time to move. Like, this is, you know, we were right about Pastor Tommy. No, I'm just kidding. Listen, (laughs) you know, God has more for you. You got to move closer in prayer. I got this prayer card for you. You got it when you came in. You say, how do we win a generation? I want to tell you it starts in prayer. We got too many believers judging this generation, thinking less of this generation. 
pointing at this generation, thinking, oh man, look at them. Different faith, look at them. Different backgrounds, look at them. Different sexuality, look at them. Different politics. Man, they're so horrible. They're so awful. I can't believe how bad they are. I can't believe, oh man, that's the problem with America, is people like them. Man, that is not God's voice. That is not God's heart, and it is wrong. You know, I want to tell you a great solution, though, is if you pray for them. Stop talking about them. Stop, start praying for them. You know, when you pray for somebody, you will never like them less. Like, you don't pray for your enemies and get more angry while you pray for them. Like, if you pray for a population of people or people who are different, like, I don't know who your those people are, but we all got those people. I tell people my favorite thing about Christianity is also my least favorite thing about Christianity. My favorite thing about Christianity is that Jesus welcomes everybody, even people like me. Thank God. But my least favorite thing about Christianity is that Jesus welcomes everybody, even people like them. I don't know who your them is, but we all got them. And oftentimes, whoever they are are the ones that God wants to turn your heart to love them. Because Jesus died for them too. Start to pray for people. I tell people, man, write down the names, pray for them every day. Put it in your Bible or put it on your fridge, whichever one you open more. I'm just trying to redeem the time, guys. Listen. We got to pray. We got to pray. Anybody willing to pray for this generation? Anybody willing to pray for some people who need Jesus? Jesus says, love the Lord your God, all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Point two, number one, move closer in prayer. Number two, move closer in purpose. Say purpose. purpose. Move closer in purpose. Your identity is changed as you move closer to Jesus. When you move closer in your prayer life, you find your identity shifting. You no longer judge people the same way. You no longer see yourself the same way. You see, some of us, we spend so much time doing everything else except for spending time with God. It's as if you're trying to train for a race and yet you never drink water. You know, it's like you're training for something and you keep, you're like, you're pounding Red Bulls, or you're drinking, you know, some hard liquor, or you're whatever, and your body is dying. You're like, man, why does my body feel so horrible? It's because you're trying to run on things your body wasn't made to run on. Anybody with me? You see, you may not be, you're like, I don't get it, I don't get it. Okay, let me get it really specific. You were made to live empowered by the Spirit of God, and yet your life is being fueled by your Instagram, by your Facebook, by your comparison, by your money, by your job, by finding a girl or a guy who will affirm you, even a spouse. Some of us, we try to find our identity from somebody else. We put all this weight on them. You were never meant to be fulfilled by someone else other than him. I mean, it's as if I would say to you, like, you come into the cell phone store, and you're like, my phone doesn't work. My phone doesn't work. My phone doesn't work. I need a new phone. This phone is junk. I hate this phone. Why does this phone not work? And somebody grabs the phone, and like, okay, let me look at it. And they pull it up, like, well, it's dead. Your phone's dead. When's the last time you plugged it in? 
Like, plug it in. I don't want to plug it in. I don't need to plug it in. No, I want the phone that works without the plug-in. Somebody's like, listen, I'm, I'm sorry, man. Like, I could sell you a new phone, but, like, what you need, we don't sell here. It's called therapy. <laughs> and I'm not even trying to make light of therapy. I believe in therapy. I think anything that we can do to be healthy on the inside and the outside. But what I'm saying is that God intended your life to be empowered. You will not be empowered, though, if you're not plugged in. And God wants to shift your purpose. You see, Jesus says, first command, love God, heart, soul, mind, strength. That's so cool that God's like, you know what I want from you? Is I want you to enjoy me and love me and be with me. Like, that's like the easiest commandment ever. Like, I'm awesome and I want you to be with me. Like, I am the one that every person ever was made for. I am the only thing that will satisfy you. And your job is to be satisfied. It's like, come on. If we would just get it. It's so simple. Be with me. Jesus says, second command. He says, love your neighbor as you love yourself. Again, it all comes down to love. So a lot of us, we've heard this message where we simplify it. We're like, okay, God's call for me is to love God and then love others. Love God, and then love others. But we miss what I think is one of the most important parts. You see, Jesus says to love God, yes, but then he says to love yourself, and then he says to love others. You see, Jesus says to love your neighbor as you love yourself. Well, see, we got a problem there. Most of us don't even like ourselves. It's like, I am the most annoying person I know. If there's one thing I don't need, it's more of this. So you're telling me, Jesus, to love others like I love myself? Well, it's no wonder Christians are a bunch of jerks. I mean, we're just obeying the command because most of us hate ourselves. We didn't get affirmation at home. Nobody told us they loved us. Nobody said they were proud of us. We've been trying to earn approval our whole lives. One high to the next. One like to the next. One emptiness to the next. Looking to be filled by everything that will never fill us because there's not a job good enough. There's not a boyfriend hot enough. There's not a bank account big enough. There's not a vacation grand enough. Listen, I watched something on yesterday. I was traveling and there was this supermodel who's now a Christian and she was telling her story and she's like, I struggle so much with comparison on social media. I always feel like everybody's so beautiful. And I'm like, you are a supermodel. Like what all of us need is what he alone can give. To know that we're loved and to know that he is proud of us and to know that we're his kids. Like that it's going to be okay, you know, like that we would move closer in prayer, that we would move closer in purpose. Final point is that we would move closer to Jesus. You see, when your, your identity starts to shift and your prayer life starts to shift, I'm going to invite the band to come up. You see, you start to see yourself differently. And, and we built out this, uh, this platform. It's called Move. And this is a, uh, a thing that's online. I want to encourage you. It's free. We built this out. We've been doing this for a couple years. It's, 
This is a tool that we've made to try to help people go on this journey. You can do it alone, but I would encourage you to go with your spouse, to go with a friend, and we built it out. It's some videos, it's some simple biblical tools, and you just go on this platform. It's moveclosure.org, and it's, it's literally like taking you through a journey of saying, how do I take next steps in my faith and understand who I am as a follower of Jesus? And we're trying to do it in a way that makes sense in today's language. So much of the church stuff is really confusing sometimes, and we're like, man, how do we put something together? We built it, inspired off of Spotify, and I just want, we want to give it away. And so I want you to check it out. It's honestly, it's the best thing that I've ever been a part of, and I think it will impact you. You see, Jesus, he wants us to move. He wants you to move closer. He's calling you even today. Some of you guys came into church. I don't want to go to church. I'm so bored. I don't know what I'm doing. Can't wait to get out of here. I'm really hungry. Listen, God's like, I want to feed you with something more than food. I want you to finally be satisfied. I want you to know who you are. I want you to be anchored in your identity. And you're like, okay, God, I'm going to trust you a little bit more with this and a little bit more with that. And I want you to know every step closer to Jesus is a step closer to a world that's hurting and needs Jesus. You see, following Jesus, you don't have to try and separate it. Like, you're not like, I'm just a prayer person. I'm not an outreach person. I'm just a discipleship person. I'm not an outreach. I'm just a justice person. I'm not, no, no, no. You're a Jesus person. And when you follow Jesus and you make him your aim and you love him with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, you can't help but you stumble into people and they go, hey. It's just a natural thing. Jesus said, if you abide in me, you will bear fruit. If you remain in me, you will grow. This isn't a thing where you have to try harder. I'm not up here trying to be like personal trainer Jesus guy. Come on, you can do it. No, I'm telling you, you can't do it. But he can do it. And I don't know about you, but I'm sick of trying. I'm sick of failing. I'm sick of feeling like a failure. I'm sick of feeling like I let people down. Like what I need to do is to learn how to be content that I'm his. And let his work flow through me in a way that is natural. I'm talking organic Jesus movement, Holy Spirit of God, inspired. Man, I'm talking like you were made for so much more than the world could ever offer you. I was out uh, running, and I'm going to end with this story. I was out running uh, a couple years ago, and I was going for a jog, and I, uh, when I travel, I just bring my shoes. It's like all I can bring, so I, I go for a jog, and you know, try to see something, whatever, and uh, I was running, and, and, and I, was, this, I was in my hometown, but I was going to get a haircut, and I, I was going to run a little further because I needed a haircut, and so that was inspiration for me to work out because I needed a good inspiration. So I run to the barbershop, and I get there, and it's closed, and I'm like, come on, it's closed. Why could it be closed? It's really, you know, first world problems, you know what I'm saying? It's like, why? You know, so I'm running back home. I'm like, need a haircut, need a haircut. And I turn the corner and there's a barber pole. You guys remember the barber poles? You see those sometimes? I know like the barber shops are coming back now, which I love. And I, I turn the corner, there's a barber shop, barber pole. I'm like, okay, great. And I, uh, I turn the corner and it's all in Arabic. Bunch of Middle Eastern dudes in there. I'm like, okay, thank you. No, thank you. Goodbye. I kept running. You guys are like, did he just say that in church? I did. See, I grew up 
with some uh, stereotypes that people said about different people. And, uh, and at the time, I had been watching a lot of this show called 24, and uh, it didn't help those stereotypes. And so I was running, and all of a sudden, it's like God stops me in my tracks. I was like, that's not my heart. Why would you turn away from people different than you? Why would you judge them before you know them? Like, if it's pretty likely that they don't know me, why would you not want to be there? What are you running from? And so I'm like, okay, conviction, 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 okay. You know, okay, God, I'm going to go to the barbershop for you. I go into the barbershop, hello, it's all Arabic, everybody's speaking Arabic, and then they stop to try to speak in some, you know, kind of broken English. Like, okay, you want a haircut? You know, how did you hear about us? I didn't, <laughs> you know. Uh, I sit down in the barber chair, and they pull out the straight-edge razor, and I'm like, holy Jesus, help me. It's about to be on YouTube. And, uh, and you know what? I've gone to this barber shop now for like three years. And I go there almost every week. I'll stop at the barber shop, and these guys are like my, my friends, you know. Like, like, I'm like in it with them now. It's right next to the mosque. And uh, I'm in it. I'm just in it. During Ramadan, they live stream Ramadan in my barbershop. They're trying to convert me. I'm trying to convert them. (laughs) You know, but it's like I have learned so much from these guys. And I love them. And I'm committed to being there. You know, until that barbershop becomes a Christian barbershop. And I believe in God for revival at that mosque. But you know what? If, if Christians are only like putting up walls and those people and us, then we're not going to take any ground. We're not going to win a generation. If, if everybody that's different from you, you just pass judgment on from a distance, like number one, that's not that God's heart. And number two, like that hate is killing you from the inside. God calls you to move closer to him. And in moving closer to him, it will always bring you to broken people because that's where Jesus is. Like he's a friend of sinners. And, you know, we did this event in Minnesota I told you about, the stadium, and I came into Ahmad. I said, Ahmad, we're doing this event. I would love it for you and your son and daughter to come, your wife. It's going to be an awesome youth event. They would love it. And, uh, and he's like, oh, Nick, that's amazing. I would love to come. I give him the flyer, and he says, Nick, you're on here. And I said, yeah, I'm going to speak at the event. He says, Nick, that is my haircut. I said, Ahmad, that is your haircut. He's like, my haircut is on a flyer. I'm like, Ahmad, there's like hundreds of thousands of flyers. My haircut, hundreds of thousands of flyers. I said, Ahmad, your haircut's on billboards. My haircut's on billboards. He puts the scissors down. My haircut's on billboards. My haircut's on billboards. Tells everybody in the shop. He says, Nick, can I have hundreds of these flyers? I want them in all of my barber shops that everybody would know about my haircut. He says, Nick, can I invite my whole neighborhood? I want my whole neighborhood to know about my haircut. I'm like, I don't care what you're telling about Ahmad. I'll get you thousands of flyers. Listen, invite everybody. All because God turned my heart and something that was hate or judgment was turned to love. I want you to bow your head with me. You see, God, he's here today, and he loves you, and he's for you. And you're not defined by your mistakes. You're not defined by the hell that you're going through. 
God's so good. He doesn't treat us as we deserve. He loves us in spite of us. And he's inviting us today to take a step towards him. And just to say yes. Some of you are here and you know this message is for you. And you know that God's been moving in your heart. And you know that today is a day that you need to take a stand. You need to get right with God. Or maybe your heart's been hard and you've been drifting away. I don't even know your story, but you're here today. And that's enough. You don't even need to figure out the next step. You just need to start right where you are. And just say yes. If that's you today and you know you need Jesus and you know this is for you, I just want you to stand right where you are. I know that might be uncomfortable for some people. But I just believe that God is stirring in your heart right now. And I don't want you to miss this opportunity. And maybe you're saying, why would I stand in front of all these people? They're going to think I'm weird. They're going to wonder about this or that. You know, actually, they're not going to think you're weird. They're going to think this is incredible because we've all been there. And if you're a believer and you need to stand, I just want you to stand right now. You've been saying, man, I've been ashamed or I haven't been bold or I haven't been in the word like I need to. Maybe you're here and you don't know Jesus and you're like, man, I need to get right with God. I need to come to God. I just want you to stand. Don't even think about it, okay? Just stand up right now and just come and just say, God, I'm here. I'm standing here. And I just want to tell you, like, it's hard to stand out there. Like, this is the friendly people. These people love you. Like, if, if you can't stand in here, it's going to be really tough to stand when we get out of here. So I just wonder, is there anybody else? And I want to encourage you right now, turn to your neighbor and say, I'll stand with you. And if there's somebody that wants to stand, you stand with them. Nobody stands alone. We're just coming to you, Jesus. Right now, we're praying for healing. Right now, is there anybody else? You stand. We're just saying yes, God. We're saying we want to move closer. We want you. We need you. We can't do this alone. Just want you to pray out loud with me right now. We're just, man, there's no perfect people here, but we're looking at the perfect one. His name is Jesus, and he's for us. He's not against us. He's making all things new. Right now, I want to invite you to pray with me just where you are. It's just all together. Just lift our voices. Pray like this. Say, dear God, I need you in my life. Take it all. My past, my pain, my shame. I put my trust in you. You died for me on the cross. And you are alive. Change me, God. From the inside out. Forgive me, God, the things I've done wrong. And remind me who I am in you. I am not alone. I was bought with a price. You love me. And that's enough. So fill me with your spirit. And use my life. I will go wherever you call me to win this generation. 
In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said. Let's all stand together as Pastor Tommy comes on up. Can we make some noise for Jesus in this place? Come on.